Welcome to Beyond the Boardroom with me, Kieran Paul. Today, you will hear my discussion with Edgar Hernandez of the Service Employees International Union, or SEIU. Edgar is Assistant Director of its Department of Strategic Initiatives and has been at the firm since 2007. Now, according to Incitia's activism module, the SEIU currently has campaigns running at Valero Energy Corporation, Nysource, Geo Group, Goldman Sachs, Charter Communications, DTE Energy, Coca-Cola and Eli Lilly. It is also well known for being the co-founder of Racial Audit Shareholder Proposals which asks companies to conduct investigations of their racial equity policies and practices. So let's press play on the discussion. Uh, so as always here on Beyond the Boardroom, I have some quick fire questions to get to know you. Uh, so Edgar, cats or dogs? Dogs. Do you have any? I do not, unfortunately. Bagels or muffins? Blueberry muffins. Mm, good choice good choice do you have them hot or do you have them cold do you, do you ever warm them up warm them warm them up exactly yep in a microwave easy mm-hmm. uh what book are you reading right now it's called the devil's highway by luis alberto Rea. and what is that about it talks about the issues related to uh migrants that are crossing the u.s mexico border in search of a better life and their experiences as they tra- traverse through the arizona border uh and the desert and the the things that they encounter on that on that journey. And what is the last film you watched? Uh, this is funny. Uh, good question. Uh, it's Air. It's the story about how uh, Michael Jordan's mother got him to sign with Nike uh, when he actually wanted to go with another competitor. I think that was quite a good decision. Yeah. Okay. So now we're getting to the uh, nitty gritty of the interview so so tell us edgar about your role and what the seiu does so i'm the assistant director of the capital stewardship program it's within the strategic initiatives department for the seiu but i'm also a trustee on the seiu master trust pension plan and so we represent two million members that are in the healthcare, public sector and property services industries that work in the united states canada and in puerto rico And so we engage the public sector pension plans where our members are participants. And in some cases, our members are um, elected or appointed to serve on those boards of trustees. And we work with those trustees on issues of investments, shareholder work, and also retirement security uh, issues. And and you're certainly not scared of taking on the big boys like Coca-Cola, Netflix, and Amazon, just to name a few. Yeah, no, that's right. You know, as of own, as owners of companies, we intend to engage these companies on issues that we feel that can negatively impact shareholder value. In some instances, our conversations are productive. And when we can arrive to an agreement, we will withdraw the proposals that we file. Previously, you know, if our proposals went to a vote, we would have been worried about the results, but that's no longer the case. I think in one example, we filed a resolution in 2021 and they received a good, a good vote total. We resubmitted the same proposal the following year at the same company, and the vote totals increased by almost three times. 
And so when we went back to refile for a third time, it ultimately led the company to move forward and implement the resolution we previously filed. And therefore, we agreed to withdraw the proposal and it'll be uh, moved on at this shareholder meeting. So that was really exciting for us to be able to be consistent about taking on corporations that whether they're on the Fortune 500 or if they're below that, that we feel like if there's opportunities for us to engage them, we'll do so. And and opportunities you definitely uh, engage them with is diversity and equality because they are at the forefront of your campaigns. Yes, that's correct. You know, the demographic profile of SCIU members is very diverse. The majority of our members are women. The majority of our members are people of color. And we have significant representation of members that are immigrants from Europe, Latin America, Asia, and Africa. And since the murder of George Floyd, we've been engaging uh, companies that have made statements in support of the movement for Black Lives. And we want to make sure that they're living up to the spirit of the commitments they've made back in the summer of 2020. Yes, that was a major uh, landmark uh, event, wasn't it? It sure was. Unfortunately, it's one that's all too common. Yeah. Um, and uh, and what what can you tell us about your ongoing campaign at Eli Lilly? So we believe that Eli Lilly's lack of disclosure represents reputational risk when its lobbying contradicts company public positions. So, for example... Lilly states that it supports more affordable medicines, yet funds pharma and AFPA's opposition to lower prescription drug prices. Lilly opposed the state of Indiana's voter restrictions laws, yet groups have asked Lilly to cut ties with ALEC because of its voter restriction efforts and the model legislation that they provide to state elected officials so that they can pass those laws in their states. And so that's why we're asking for full disclosure of lobby of Lily's lobbying activities and expenditures so we can assess whether Lily's lobbying is consistent with its express goals and shareholder interests. So we've got that campaign and obviously we mentioned uh, Coca-Cola. Is there a particular campaign that you're really, really proud of and said, yes, yeah, that's that's what we did? Yeah, this is a really good question. And after giving this some thought, you know, a couple of examples came to mind. When we first started doing engagement on corporate board diversity, we were able to score some military victories at Facebook and Amazon. And it really helped us understand and focus our shareholder work going forward. But I think overall, I would say my proudest shareholder campaign work has been asking for companies to conduct racial equity audits so that they can assess the company's business practices, products or services, and the impacts it has on communities of color. And so to date, we've either come to an agreement at the following companies to conduct REAs, and those companies are BlackRock, and they just released their report last week, State Street Global Advisors, Wells Fargo, CoreCivic, Pfizer, Southern Company, Invesco, TransUnion, and KeyCorp. In addition to also filing at other companies where we received the majority of shareholder support where our proposals went to a vote, and you may have seen that at this took place at Apple, Home Depot, and at Maximas. And so I think this overall has been some of the most important, but also some of the proudest work that I think um, I've had the good fortune of being a part of. And then, of course, on the flip side of that, uh, what has been the most important lesson from one that maybe didn't go so well? Yeah, so it's an interesting question because when I first started doing this work, um, 
not a lot of shareholder resolutions got a majority of shareholder support. And so it was really interesting to, to me, right? They, when you look at a resolution, you need to really just really think about why the actual resolution failed to receive majority of support, um, whether the risks that were being pointed out in the proposals did not rise up to the level of investor concern or that the proxy advisory firms didn't support a resolution. So I do think overall, there's not one you know company engagement that we worked on that stands out, but I just think the whole aspect of when I started doing this work that we really looked at all of the companies where we filed um, and just what happened here and why it's 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 it didn't succeed. But I do think that those lessons that we learned back then have really helped us inform our work to this day. Well, yes, I was going to say, like, how important is it that if you, you know, something doesn't go as well, that you do learn the lessons going forward? Oh, that's exactly. Um, yeah, it's it's so, so fundamental in doing something uh, of this nature that you need to make sure that you understand what were the challenges and address those challenges? Because if not, then we're repeating the same thing and that's not a good use of company resources or staff time or anything of that sort. So I do think we need to assess that. And I think the other piece of it as well is just not being able to, not being afraid to walk away as well and and understand that, you know, maybe there are, the company does have some things in place that uh, are of value that we were not aware of. And if that came out through engagement with the company or as a result of the shareholder vote, then I think that's good. But at the same time, we also understand like there's other companies we can focus on as well. Yeah, it's okay to be wrong sometimes, isn't it? It's okay to say, okay, well, uh, we didn't realize that. Yep, that's right. You know, no, no, no skin off our back here, and we'll pick ourselves up, we'll dust ourselves off, and we'll we'll keep moving forward. And uh, and now thinking about so the rest of this year, so obviously we're we're in April now. Um, what trends in U.S. activism specifically do you expect to see across the rest of the year? Yeah, so I do think that you'll see more work on the racial equity audit resolutions that are gonna, that have been filed for the shareholder season. Uh, and some that have uh, been completed and will be made public as well. Um, but I also believe that there's going to be more activity as it relates to resolutions that were filed on freedom of association for this year and for the coming years as well. And yes, you may have seen earlier this year, Apple agreed to conduct the freedom of association assessment. And even last week at the Starbucks shareholder meeting, voters, um, shareholders voted in favor of Starbucks conducting uh, a freedom of assessment, a freedom of association assessment as well. So I think that's part of the work that we see that's going forward. Um, but in addition to that, you know, at Starbucks and at the upcoming HCA shareholder meeting, um, the resolutions that were filed there, one on the freedom of association at Starbucks and a worker safety committee a resolution filed at HCA, you'll see that there were two workers that owned shares of the company and had standing that they were also co-fathers of these resolutions. And I think that's really important that workers that are at these companies that understand the ins and outs of what takes place on a day-to-day basis. And when they lend their name to resolution, it really gives us a heightened sense of credibility that it isn't, you know, someone that doesn't understand the business or is not exposed to what happens to, to workers on a daily basis. I think that's really important when people see that workers are actually uh, engaged in the shareholder process to try to 
address the issues that they feel are important for they, they themselves and their colleagues and the company and the overall performance uh, of, uh, of the overall corporation. Yes, the workers on the so-called sort of factory floor are often forgotten about in these things, aren't they? Unfortunately, that's all. Yeah, that's so true. My thanks there to Edgar for joining me. Now, lastly from me, if you haven't already, do check out our new News in Brief episodes we are now releasing at the start of every month, covering the stories we think you need to know. For those, I am joined by members of our fine editorial team. I'm going to play you a short clip, and the question I've just asked is essentially, which campaigns and meetings are you most looking forward to following? My colleague, Antoine Giblin, takes this one on. Well, on my side, Kieran, uh, we'll certainly be watching Carl Icahn's campaign at um, a US biotech called Illumina. Um, he has nominated three directors recently enough to the company's board in a bid to see Grail. And Grail is a cancer detection test maker um, and he wants to see it sold. Um, he also wants to see the return of a former boss at the company, Jay Flatley. Um, so we'll certainly be watching to see how that all plays out. So do enjoy getting stuck into those uh, while doing whatever you do while listening to Beyond the Boardroom. I'm Kieran Paul, and I'll see you next time.